Welcome back to It's Lit Book Talks. So for this book talk, we have a special and we're here with the author of the Jump in Time series, Andrew Varga. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, thanks. Perfect. Now, ever since his mother told him he was descended from Vikings, Andrew Varga has had a fascination for history. He's read hundreds of history books, watched countless historical movies, and earned a BA from the University of Toronto with a specialist in history and a major in English. Andrew has traveled extensively across Europe, where he toured famous castles, museums, and historical sites. During his travels, he accumulated a collection of swords, shields, and other medieval weapons that now adorn his personal library. Andrew currently lives in the greater Toronto area with his wife, Pam, their three children, and their mini zoo of two dogs, two cats, a turtle, and some fish. It was his children's love of reading, particularly historical and fantasy stories, that inspired Andrew to write this series. In his spare time, when he isn't writing or editing, Andrew reads history books, jams on guitar, or plays beach volleyball. Last Saxon King, which if you haven't heard yet, it is live and a brief summary of that the last saxon king a jump in time novel which is book one is an adventurous read that transports readers to the anglo-saxon era in a battle to save history and legacy for fans of valhalla vikings and king arthur the last saxon king is full of historical references and nail-biting entertainment which i definitely agree in August, what was your starting point to being an author? I know you mentioned in your author bio of being inspired by your children's love for reading and, and your background with history, but what made you think, let me actually put this into a story? That's when I actually first started writing and mucking about, but I wasn't really good at it though. <laughs> so it took me a long time to kind of get my skills better. And it was actually about 12 years ago when I was on a drive from Myrtle Beach, I was driving with my kids home and there's a lot of empty, boring highway that you stare out at. And I was starting to think, okay, my current writing is going nowhere. I got to do something new. And that's when I was starting to think about writing a time travel series because I love history. And the books that my kids were showing me all the time, they'd come up, hey, dad, try this book. It's really great. Mm -hmm. And I'd look at it and it's like, eh, the story might be good, but the history was kind of not so good a lot of young adult fictions don't really care about the historical aspect mm -hmm. and so i started thinking hmm, you know what maybe i could write some books that actually had a good story but also focused on the history as well so that people might actually learn some history while they're at the reading and i thought the best way to do that is actually through time travel because that would allow me to take modern day characters, cool locations in history that most people don't learn about in their courses in school. So that was kind of the origination of the idea. Yeah, and I have noticed, and I really thought it was interesting how you had the historical notes and it's easy access with having this book paired with a perfect pairing. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and that's the idea. I'm not trying to beat people over the head with history here. Like there's, there's history books for that sort of thing. I just want to have a fun story with interesting points and all of these are valid points from history like they're backed up by historical texts and everything so these events did occur and I want people to read it and go oh my goodness when they reach, reach the historical notes go wow that actually did happen huh maybe I should read some more on my own learn a bit more. Can you tell us more about what life was like in the year 1066 especially in England with it's <laughs> Wow, it's 
it's funny that you should mention that I actually have a presentation that I'm doing tomorrow about this. Oh wow! So um, to a to a library of teenagers. Mm. So it's it's kind of good timing. The the yeah. biggest thing it's it's a huge culture shock from anybody from the modern times, because everything was done manually. I'm talking the the food you ate that was grown by yourself or your family. The clothes that you wore, your family needed to own sheep so that you could shear the wool and then twist it into thread and then make yourself a shirt out of that. Um, your house, there were no builders coming along and building houses. You had to chop those trees down, split those trees into boards, build your own house, and then get thatch for the roof. And all of this was done without power tools and everything. So it was an existence where. Everybody was doing everything for themselves. There was no Uber to drive you places. There was no Amazon to just deliver things. It, it was basically a a time when people lived to survive.、Mm. I, I like that phrase, especially with Dan. Like the first thing he's there trying to get cell reception, and Sam's like, well, "What are you trying to do? You're gonna get us killed here." So you really made that prevalent with that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's something that most people can't even think about, like the fact that if you want to eat chicken tonight for dinner, you have to go into the yard, find the chicken, kill the chicken, pluck the feathers, and all that, and you know, dress the chicken and then cook it. Whereas now we just go to a store and go, we're going to have chicken, and a lot of times you can even get the roasted chickens already done for you. Some of the historical references during. The Anglo-Saxon era. What are some that stood out to you? Even with Dan, which kind of gave this picture of taking a step back. Would you refer to Dan having inspired from your own interest and realization of the Viking history?、Uh, Dan is a bit of a reflection of myself as a dumb teenager.、Okay. Like whenever I have to think, okay. What stupid things Dan gonna do? I, I have unfortunately plenty of stuff to draw upon from my own history. You know, naturally, like when I was younger, I didn't have a cell phone,、mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have been standing there going, "Do I have service?" But I also have kids. I can, you know, think, "Hmm, if I would dump them in a historical time, what's the first thing they'd do?" Yeah, they'd be there <laughs> with their cell phones, going, "What do I do now?" Yeah. But with your with your ask about the historical bits, what my favorite parts were, there was two bits in、um, the book where I was writing about the Battle of Stamford Bridge,、mm -hmm. and in one point, this Anglo-Saxon army comes over and sees the Vikings just lounging around, shirtless in the sun, swimming in the river. And I remember my my son when he first read that point, left his room, came over, and he said, "Is this true, Dad? This really happened?" It's like, "Yep." You know, the the Vikings were just lounging around. None of them brought armor. They thought it would be a nice, relaxing summer day, and they didn't realize that the Anglo-Saxon army was just coming for them. Yeah. And then the heroic Viking on the bridge, who fought off forty invaders. That one also was actually recorded in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, so the Anglo-Saxons even recorded the event, even though he was their enemy.、Hmm. So how true it is, you know, anything written down, you never really know how true it is, yeah, but I, I like to believe it is. Oh, that's really interesting. There's so many historical pieces, but like how you mentioned, it's not. 
kind of plumped into like a chapter. Here's like, let me offload everything. We continue offload. It's every, everything's very smooth and naturally put together. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I, I could, I could have plunked in all this stuff about you know farming and agriculture and clothing and all this other stuff. But honestly, a sixteen-year-old teenager isn't going to be noticing and observing. Hmm. You know, I'm going to watch this lady on her loom here as she sheep <laughs> shears the sheep. Mm. You know, that, that's one of the advantages of using a modern-day sixteen-year-old as kind of the the narrator, the the guy who we see everything through. He's going to stick for the stuff. You know, is more interesting. Otherwise, he'll just skim over it. Boring. Next. <laughs> yes. And why did you decide to write a young adult level series? It was my kids who inspired me. As I said, the, the history they were reading in their books um, is just not that great. And there's plenty of fantastic historical fiction books at the adult level. Like there's so many great historical fiction authors. The adults seem to spend more time and research and into things, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't find that sort of level. I've read some adult level literature and some of it is very profound and deep. And, you know, I, I didn't want to write that. I wanted to write just kind of a fun story. Like think of Harry Potter. It's a great series. It's a fun series. I would say it's a middle grade to YA series, but adults like it too. So that was almost okay. my kind of idea, like to create something similar that would be enjoyable by all ages. Hmm. I really like that. And what can young readers take away as, as key learning tools? Key learning tools? Um, I'm not really sure about that. Like, I know from a history perspective, mm -hmm. I want them to learn more history. That that is the, you know, the end result. That that was my first goal. Like, let them learn that there's actually some very interesting stuff out there that is real. It's true history. Don't have to read some fantastical story like Lord of the Rings, which is a great story. Mm -hmm but you can read real history and have just as great an adventure. You have the bad guys, you have the good guys, you have the heroic defenses, you know, you have the heroes, the villains. I guess from a learning from a character development, like from Dan and Sam, I think the biggest thing to learn from there is that people can make a difference mm -hmm. if they stand up for what they believe in. Yeah. You know, not everyone's going to be at the Battle of Hastings like Dan was in the Shield Wall, but if you truly believe in something and are willing to fight for it, you can make a change. I really love that. Well, thank you again for telling us about your story and the background, the historical influence, and even sharing those key learning tools for us. Well, thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. And definitely stay tuned for his upcoming book for in September and to continue the journey of a jump in time with Dan and Sam.